There we go. You're... You hear that little beep? Yeah. You should hear this then. <laughs> there we go. Yo. Also, during this time when I'm doing this quick interview with you, I'll let you know quick before we start recording. I'm going to be uh, adjusting my camera here, so okay. I'm going to keep talking to you all the way through. I'm not. I'm not. I don't stop. Okay. Cool. All right. We love hip hop. Let's get it popping, man. Let's get it. Um, I think I want to play something from this Limitless album here. <laughs> um, Downtown speaks to me. Let's go. Hey. I really want to do it. We love hip hop. We love hip hop. We love hip hop. We love hip hop. We love Just for a trip downtown That flow right there on that <laughs> Jesus Christ bro Deadly So we are back Another one right here. It's your boy Friday, Ricky Dredd, back over here at the Visionary Yard Center. And yeah, man, I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with a very interesting individual that um, we got to... I got to get acquainted with um, through Instagram and a few different things that he's been doing. But before we get into it, I want to give a big salute to our sponsors. Big salute to our sponsor, Astro Pink. If you know, you know. Make sure to check them out on their website, myastropink.com, or you could check them out on Instagram, astro underscore pink scene. And also, this episode is brought to you by Sovereign Selections, right there, 70 Dundas Street East, right next to the Burrito Boys. Okay, that's right. Right upstairs right next to the rock the house barbershop okay they're doing a whole bunch of different offers right now they have a loyalty program going on you can get after the 10th order you get something free and they're also doing an offer for a free hq make sure that you hit them up on their instagram sovereign selections i and make sure to tell them that the we love hip-hop boys sent you but I'm really happy to to have this gentleman over here in the studio, man. You know, we he he we did the freestyle before, and you know, one thing I was watching even when I seen you first pop up on the scene is from the Rolling Loud. But we'll get into it, <laughs> right? So, with no further ado, we have Camdello in the motherfucking building. Yeah. We 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 love hip hop. Yeah, make sure I get that girl's number, whoever did that voice note. <laughs> so listen, fam, like I was saying, like the 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 um event there, rolling loud. I'm at rolling loud, right? I get a I don't know how I got it, if I got tagged, but I'm seeing this performance outside and you're there just killing it. Yeah, man. So what inspired you to do that in the first place, fam? <laughs> Um, first and foremost, uh, thank you very much, Friday, for having me. Well, thanks for coming through. You know, I gotta say shout out to one of the best, uh, hip hop newscasts in the city of Toronto. Thank you, thank you. Always making sure, you know, you get the realest and most, uh, in depth, um, interviews and all the good shit that's happening in the city. No, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Um, yeah, basically, I remember that night, 
I was literally like just laying down and I was just thinking to myself, you know, all these amazing artists are at Rolling Loud right now Mm -hmm. and I'm one of the best performers in the city. I feel like I am and a lot of people tell me I am and the way, and it's not even about people telling me, it's the way that the things that I see after I perform, after other artists perform, you can see the difference and it's just like something that I really like am proud, you know, I can say I can be humble all I want, but mm-hmm. I'm proud of like, I'm confident in who I am and like how I do this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, as you should be. As I should be. So basically I was like, okay, bet, you know, everybody's killing and rolling loud, you know, didn't accept like my submission, the, the stuff that I sent, uh, everybody's killing it. So um, I looked at the time slot. I saw WizKid about to be done at what, nine nine thirty or mm-hmm. nine ten o'clock around there. I'm like, I bet. I called up some friends. We pulled up. I pulled up all my speakers. I just bought some speakers from Logan McQuay. <laughs> I had a big one too. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you got to invest in yourself. You know, if yes, you're an artist, sir. you got to invest in yourself. I got two mics always ready. I got a speaker always ready. You know, you got to be ready for that every anytime. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the speaker. Um, uh, even like I even bought one of those like dollies those grocery dollies yeah yeah cause I'm like yeah, I ain't carrying that speaker that's <laughs> just too heavy 40 pounds everywhere nah so, so I pulled up with the speaker and I remember feeling intimidated cause there were cops everywhere mm-hmm. like cops everywhere especially this was the night after the shooting at Rolling Loud yeah so I'm thinking to myself yo I'm pulling up at Rolling Loud with a big ass speaker the night before there was a shooting there's bear cops everywhere Uh like what am I doing like you're taking risks I'm taking risks you know what I mean yeah but you know in life you know if you don't take any risks you don't get any rewards right that's a fact so uh, I pulled up we found like the best spot um, at this little park area of right next to the exit. Mm-hmm. And then we saw everybody exiting. And then at the fr- at first it was a little bit, you know, that little butterfly feeling like, am I actually got to do this? Is yeah. this going to work out the way I want it to? So, you know, I just played like, you know, I just played a track. Everyone was just passing by. And then after I was like, like I was like, fuck it. You know, if I don't start doing this, if I don't start making the way for myself and making the noise and where I wanted to be, then it'll never, it'll never happen. Right. Yeah. You got to pull the trigger. You got to pull the trigger. So what I did is, you know, started, I plugged in that mic, started uh, rapping the track, started off with one of my best tracks, uh, met our only fans. And then everybody was like, just vibing to that. So it's just a club hit. And then after that, I went to rocking with, when I went to rocking with, everybody was just like, who is this kid? Like, Mm -hmm. they're like, who the fuck you rocking with? Who? Who, who the fuck are you? Those like yo, you can't you can't pass by me. Yeah, if I'm like, who the fuck are you rocking with? Who, who? You're like yo, I fucking rocking with this kid. He's outside. I just came from the hype, and it's the the best part is is like all the people there were there for music. Mm. So it wasn't like I was getting like a business crowd. It wasn't like I was getting like some kind of protest crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, it was literally everyone was there for music. And right in in your demographic too. Yeah. In yeah. my demographic, all young, all, all like um, inspired artists, all people that wanted to be in that area, wanted to be there and hear music. Yeah. Music, right. So that was a perfect crowd for that. And um, I just remember like me starting off. I was a little nervous and then I thought, you know, the, the butterflies went away and I'm basically like 40 minutes into performing. 40 minutes? 40 minutes in, like literally just going hard 40 minutes straight and then I remember like around that time, the crowd just started getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger and bigger and people just started staying and staying and it was, uh, it was pretty, um, 
it was it was amazing because not only did the crowd stay but like they actually became they became like so supportive and they just wanted me to continue and continue and continue and that itself made me see like you know like like these people really fuck with me like mm-hmm. which i felt like they will but i had to make sure that i see that for myself you know yeah you gotta see the results cause and effect right um I definitely was surprised because you know how everyone says their songs are catchy? Mm-hmm. You no, know, you say your song is catchy, right? I basically said the hook one time. I said the like the first sentence. I'd be like, we're getting busy on a Monday. You already know. And the next thing, next thing I know, I'm like busy on a Tuesday. I put the mic at them. They're like, you already know. They already, like, know, the, they already know the hook. <laughs> I'm like, y'all don't even know me like that. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Probably like some people, like, you know, one tenth of the crowd knows me because, you know, I've been doing my thing. Mm-hmm. But like, this is like, people from everywhere windsor london this was people from ottawa montreal this yeah. was the first Detroit, ro- all over the yeah, place this was yeah. the first rolling loud in toronto which i didn't even know was the first rolling loud yeah i was like a little oblivious to that part but um it was even crazy like you know when i was like who the fuck you rock with who I put the mic at them they were like who 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 the fuck you rock with who who and i'm just like yo this is crazy i was like met her on only fans now nah, i'm her only fan i'm just like whoa so let me ask you you know what i mean it, it seems like you, you're making it seem like this is your first show fam no 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 let's see my first show yeah nah. so like you know, you, you've performed before and even from the one I was seeing in that video is you obviously have uh, experience performing. Yeah. But the way that you were talking about just now having the speaker and making, it seems premeditated. Were you planning to start doing like live street performances? Um, That was um something I initially thought of. I felt like, you know, I felt like... um. I was very connected with the with the showcasing at venues, and mm. I was always performing at um, a bunch of different shows um, for fashion shows here, for some you know bars there, you know, getting my name out there, you know, yeah. putting in that work. And then after that, like I felt like you know, um, how do I best test out my music to to like you know when you know you know when people come to see you, they mm-hmm. come see you, and they already know they're gonna hear these songs. Mm-hmm. But I want to perform in an environment where people don't know me and they don't know what song I'm going to perform. Yeah. So this way, all the people that's walking around, if they stop, I know that this song is the song that's going to be the most popular. Yeah. Right? So that that really like, that itself, I do recommend for local artists to do that. You know, go go outside to that square for an hour mm-hmm. and play like the, your your top five best tracks. Just keep playing them over and over, perform them, yeah. and see which one sticks to the audience the most. And that would be the track that you should push the most. And also, it, it also gives you practice for your performances 100%. and you know gets the jitters of, of performing in front of people out, right? One thousand percent. So so let's go into your story even a little bit more, right? Like yeah. your name. Kemdelo Gold, right? Yeah, Kemdelo, yeah. Um, and that's the name that came from two of your grandparents' names put together? Yeah. Explain that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, basically, I was born in Haiti, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I remember my mom wanted a, they wanted a daughter because they already had two guys, so it's pretty funny. No more boys! <laughs> they were like, no more boys. And I remember being, um, you know, it was a village I used to live at. It's called Delmont 32. Okay. And that's in Haiti, you know, like uh, barely have electricity, barely have lights. You know, we used to walk to the lake to get water. Mm. Like, this is some, like, this is how it is in some parts of Haiti. You know yeah and um 
And it's like, uh, yeah, so they wanted a, 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 a girl and, you know, I came out. I was like, nah, you got to try again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the blessing is they gave me an amazing name, Kim Dello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kim Dello. And um, that name itself has always been like uh, the number one power that I had. Yeah. I remember living in America and people used to make fun of me because I had a name so weird. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, Kim Dildo. Or they used to like come up with the dumbest <laughs> fucking like, you know, I don't give a fuck anymore. Nah, yeah. fuck. You call me Kim Dildo. I'm like, I'm in your girl. That's why you call me that. You know what I mean? I'll put some little swag to that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's like, yeah, they gave me that name and I'm super proud that I got it. And, um, and you added the gold and to I added end. the gold, you know, I felt like there was a lot of gold in Haiti. I felt like there was a lot of, um, when you tell someone gold, they always felt like it was number one, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my name, the gold is an abbreviation as well for genius outlook locating dimensions. You genius know? outlook locating dimensions. dimensions. Yeah, you know what I mean? I want some in depth shit, you mm-hmm. know? And what I mean by that is like, I feel as an artist, every time you tap into a new track, I mean, every time you tap into a new instrumental, you feel like you're going into a different dimension. Yes. You know, like when you hop into a trap instrumental, you feel like you're going into that world where it's like, you feel like you're going into a world. And as a true artist, music is a world in itself. And, you know, it's beautiful when you can like tap into those. So definitely the outlooks that I have on these different worlds is, is on a genius level because I've been doing this. So yeah, you know, I, I'm my Kanye shit, but I don't know what Kanye is doing nowadays, but still shout out to the greatest, you know? Well, listen, man, you, you, you've been able to, move around and 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 learn a lot right like if you first started in haiti yeah let's start with there right yeah born in haiti born in haiti and and how long did you stay in haiti before leaving like um i i was there uh until i was four years old four or five right i remember my mom sending me a cassette telling me hey like i'm sending someone to come get you yeah and this is like i'm like four or five years old and i'm playing a cassette and I'm listening to this. I'm like, that's my mom. Mm-hmm. She left like two years ago with my brother, um, my oldest brother and my dad. They got a visa in America, which lasted only three years. Yeah, yeah. So after that, they were living there illegally. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was running around the village saying, yo, my mom's going to get me. Mom's going to come get me. And then after that, I thought she was actually going to come. But it was this random guy that comes and he's like, um, uh, so listen up. I'm, I'm, you got to pretend like I'm your dad. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what do you mean? I gotta, you gotta pretend like, I gotta pretend like I'm your dad. Yeah. So he's like, okay, so these are the words you gotta say when we get to the airport. You gotta say, leave me alone. And that's all you gotta keep saying. Because when you get to the airport, they ask you, what's your name? Mm. And so what they did to get me across the border, this, um, this guy, um, is they used my cousin's passport, which is a year younger than me. Mm. So he was like a fresh newborn and everything, a young kid. They used his passport to get me, um, to get me, um, to get me back into America, to get me to America yeah. from Haiti to Philly. So I remember being on the plane and I'm next to this random guy. And I don't know what's happening. And I'm like unsure of like, um, I'm unsure of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But I know like my mom said she's going to come get me. So I was a little bit like, you know, like, okay, maybe this is where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then I remember, um, I remember landing in Philly, uh, North Philly. And, uh, 
and basically go into the van and then my parents were there my mom was there and my auntie mm -hmm. and my auntie never knew I was coming and my parents were living with my auntie at the time yeah she never knew I was coming and they used her son's passport too oh that's crazy it was her that yeah <laughs> so even my dad I don't even think my dad knew too mm. so my mom I remember my mom told me she spent five thousand dollars like in that, back in the days that was a lot of money yeah that's like fucking 15 back <laughs> yeah, in the days back in the days yeah, yeah. so she spent five thousand dollars to give to the smuggler just to get me into the country mm -hmm. and um yeah so it's a blessing you know i was uh the second one out of the family to get into to go into second sibling out of the family to get into this uh america and then we had to get my sister in and she got in through an uh, adoption mm -hmm. we knew this lady she was very nice um and then she got my sister through adoption she adopted her and then after that she passed her on and then my oldest brother no my other older brother mm -hmm. which makes most of my beats um on 10 digits um him he actually got through um he got through i don't even know how he got through he got through for for some like i think he came mistakenly they they got a, they found a way to get him in mm -hmm. and then after that they sent him into an orphanage that's crazy so literally i remember um i remember uh my parents going to the orphanage and saying like we want this kid right and then i remember the the people that um the the caretakers that come they came to the house and i remember my parents were like buying a bunk bed i'm like why are you buying a bunk bed they're like your brother's gonna come I'm like what do you mean my brother's gonna come and they're like we gotta buy a bunk bed we gotta make and we were in a two-bedroom apartment in florida yeah you know we just moved to florida two-bedroom apartment and they're like we gotta buy a bunk bed because your brother's coming and we need the place super clean because the caretakers are gonna come and check out the place mm. remember the place is the cleanest it's ever been lady comes in she's looking around she's like okay he has a place to sleep you know you guys are haitian he's haitian it looks good enough da 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 and then we were waiting until that we got the the okay mm -hmm. we finally got the okay and i remember this day like you know like it was yesterday i remember i was what i was what, like probably like six seven years old my sister was there my oldest brother was there just my older brother mm -hmm. so i remember this guy walked through the door and you know he was the guy that was like chilling with me back in haiti with yeah, my sister yeah you know so I, I was really close to him i remember when he came through the door i was crying crazy because you just knew who, who was, I, was next. i knew yeah. who that was yeah. i was like yo i haven't seen you in two years you were taking care of me yeah so it was just amazing you know like um that itself was a blessing but you know that was part of that was just the first chapter of the story that's that's a dope story, man. Yeah, man. And and your parents, their your mom was a musician, your dad yeah. a pastor. Yeah, right. So, so you y'all grew up in the church. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So 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 tell me what that was like growing up in the church. And actually, before we do that, yeah, let's let's go back a little bit because there must have been a culture shock first moving here. <laughs> uh, culture right? shock itself, especially like your you, you went from. Philly to Florida. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It must have been like a little bit of a, an adjustment period. Well, it was surprising seeing snow for the first time. I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. I still remember that when I was a kid. Um, being in Florida was nice. It was super nice. Um, I remember I used to walk to school all the time. And uh, I was uh, uh, second grade, third grade. I used to walk to school. And I was just a youngin. But, you know, 
like Haitian parents, they used to walk to school when they were like probably like three or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So And they used to walk really far. So my parents was like, you walk into school, that's 40 minutes. That's not in. You walk in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the discipline was always there. Um, everything was okay. I mean, I was like five years old. So it was easy for me to assimilate into like the culture and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you start going to school from in Florida or when did you go back to Philly after? Uh, I started in Philly. And then I went, I went, I went to, I was in preschool and then I went to Florida for like first grade and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So what was, what was high school life like for you? High school was cool. Um, high school was a little bit crazy. I remember going to high school, um, middle school in, um, Philly and, you know, shit was crazy out there. I went to, uh, I think it was Edmonds, uh, middle school, mm-hmm. say Edmonds middle school. And they used to have guns that, that came in there all the time. Like in Philadelphia, yo, they don't play, yo. It's just be crazy out there. And, you know, um, it was just like, I just think I'm very lucky. There was multiple times I could have got jumped. Mm-hmm. There's multiple um, times I could have got robbed. You know, there's a lot of people that lose their kids out there. I remember one time there was a kid that ran into our, ran to our door. Mm-hmm. So we're, we live close to the middle school. And I remember this one time, this kid was getting jumped, right? And then there's like at least like 15 people just running after this kid. This kid ran to the door. We had a big house. This kid ran to the door, banging on the door. Let me in. Let me in. My mom opened the window. She was like, nah. She was like, nah. Because she sees 15 people behind him. Yeah. And she's like, yo, I can't get involved in this. And then like, because she already knew Philly was dangerous. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, even if she let him in, like these guys were going to find a way to come in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like that. Like that's how cold it is out there. And. And um, it's just crazy because, you know, when you grow up in that environment, you know, growing up in Haiti then growing up in uh, Philly, Florida, places where the crime rate is like super high, you always like feel like you're always watching your back. Yeah. You know, so that's something that like that that never goes away. You know, uh, like even like going anywhere, I got I feel like I got to like look four times. But you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like you don't seem like the type who was a roadman like that just from just my interacting with you a few times right yeah how was it that you stayed away from the fuckery and the drama that was out there well you know god bless um music was one of the biggest impacts um i was into sports as well i played football when i was uh 13 12 mm-hmm. so i was playing for the uh, the the community park playing against other parks um that was a thing and then i was playing basketball as well um, and then, you know, I started making music when I was, uh, around like 10 years old, 11 years old. My brother okay. would make beats in the basement. My brother would make beats in the basement. And I used to be like a big poet. I used to write poetry. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, my brother was like, yo, you should write to this stuff. And I was like, okay. So I ran into some stuff and I found a passion for it. And then like, you know, that really kept me inside, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kept me in the, kept me in that. So. Even when you started like making music and stuff like that, who were you listening to? When I started making music, who was I listening to? Fifty Cent. Fifty. Fifty Cent. Everybody was bumping Fifty Cent. He was that was his time. Mm-hmm. And he's Fifty Cent is timeless. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was his time. Fifty Cent, Pharrell, one hundred percent. Little mm-hmm. Wayne. Come on, Amelie, 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 Yeah, yeah. Come on. If you didn't know the Carter One, Carter Two, Carter Three, if Carter Four, like when everything came out. 
uh, Lil Wayne was was goaded. You know what I mean? I remember Jay Z. I used to listen to Jay Z a lot. The Blueprint. Okay. The Blueprint was very big for me. Lupe Fiasco was a very big one for me too. Yeah, superstar, uh, kick superstar, push. kick yeah, push. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? The Blueprint. I know. I, I know. I, I know what you like. And those are those were the guys that inspired my hooks. Mm. You know, a lot of people now they're inspired by all these other artists, but nah, man, Pharrell, Lupe, Kanye, no, nah, Kanye West too, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, without a doubt, but like 50 Cent, Jay-Z, and Pharrell were the ones that inspired my hooks. Okay. Like, when you heard a 50 Cent hook, you knew. You knew. I know you don't love me. You knew. You knew. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, yo, you know, like, who the fuck you rock with? You know. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Yeah, man, that's dope, man. And and even with you growing up in the church, right? Yeah. Um, you started once you started making music. Mm-hmm. That's secular music. Did you start making secular music, or did you start with church music first? Um, when I started making music, uh, I would make music to the music I would listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, church music was something that I would sing. Like, uh, I remember when I was five, I would do. Um, that was like when I was young, when I was five to like six, I was singing church. Yeah. Um, as a, as a solo singer. So I was always like a performer itself. Mm-hmm. But, um, after those times, um, 10 years old, I started playing instruments. So I play five instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, my, 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 my mom taught me four of them. I learned trumpet in school. So I played guitar, bass, uh, drums, piano, all that shit. But, um, uh, I wasn't really like, uh, singing or anything like that I was mostly like playing drums mm-hmm. so when it came to writing I would just be writing like how would 50 Cent write how would like these guys write yeah. even though like I haven't like experienced their lifestyle I just wanted to tell certain stories or like or even how like Pharrell would write you know what mm. I mean the vibes the good good vibes you know what I mean or how Lupe would write writing yeah. a story you know I'm big into stories so you know that's my thing yeah yeah well, even with the the fact that you're starting to create secular music, yeah, how did your parents feel about that? <clears throat> My parents, um, obviously, you know, uh, with the background and the way that they are, uh, with their their way that they're focused and everything. Thank you. They they've always um, yeah, what's up? They've always been a big support, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of times when it comes to people who grew up in the church, they're like, yeah. oh, come on, you're making this kind of music yeah, now? Yeah, of course. You know, obviously I hear that all the time. But, you know, my parents want what I want, and especially when it comes to um, me pursuing my passion. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they won't be playing it to any of their friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be playing Better on Only Fans. Right? They're not going to be playing Better on Only Fans, especially the video. But, you know... But my parents still support me. I got a video called uh, Get Busy, mm-hmm. and it's super explicit. But my mom always tells me that's one of your best videos. It's like, but she still sees the artwork, you know? Yeah. And um, my mom even makes music. She has like 200,000 followers on TikTok. So, you know, wow. like, yeah, no, she's killing it. Your mom's but lit. She's lit, lit. Yeah. She even directs and edits her own films. So, you know, my family itself is already a musical family. Yeah, everybody um, in your family makes music. Everybody in family makes music. My sister, uh, she's writing with Nelly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a big singer. Um, uh, one ha- Honey Jam. I don't know if it was second place or or third. I'm not sure, but she's been she's been doing her thing. A bunch of people know her, Charmy. Um, so big ups to her. You know, that's my ride or die. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother makes beats. You know, working right now in Atlanta with a bunch of artists. Uh, YSL, um, all of them. You know, what I mean, Hustle Gang. So. Yeah. yeah. No, no. That that's dope, man. And I want to give you 
one word. Yeah. And I want you to tell me what comes to mind when I give you that word. Yeah, go ahead. Goku. <laughs> Yo, you're killing me, bro. <laughs> it was crazy because I actually brought these and I didn't even think that. <laughs> I didn't even think you would ask me about that. I think you've seen my, you see my, my anime sleeve in my arm. I do my work out here, yo. I know, I'm actually now catching the play on the anime <laughs> sleeves on your arm, too. Uh, you see that shit? Where's the camera at? <laughs> right there, right there. Right there, yo. You, if you know what this is, you goaded. I brought the sensu beans to the interview, you know what Jeez. I mean? I just to let them know, I actually take one of these every day before I start spinning <laughs> some bars, you know, they rejuvenate my soul from all these hating-ass motherfuckers out there. Mm, <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Shout, out. <laughs> Shout out to everybody, you know what I mean? We're keeping the love and peace, but... Seriously, man. Um, anime was actually a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. These are actually the original bag for Sensu Beans. Okay. So I'm bringing the Sensu Beans to the interview. Shout out Friday for letting me do this because <laughs> <laughs> it's bad love, you know? Like I'm saying, though, anime was a big inspiration for me. I think, like, you know, when it comes to energy wise, um, mentality, and in terms of, like, you know, being creative, um, mm-hmm. there's nothing more creative than anime. So, that itself brought a lot of um, that that um, understanding that you could be yourself to the greatest potential. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So I fuck with that too. And and you know, as you when did you move to Toronto? When I moved to Toronto, so the story's crazy, man. So basically, basically, um, I remember my brother went to go get his green card when we were in Philly, mm-hmm. and then I they found out that um, he had the same last name as my dad, and that we were living illegal there for seven years, actually, uh, seven years in Philly. So we were in there for 10 years total. Um, and then they found out that he had the same last name two days after. So they locked up my brother in jail, my oldest brother. They... Um, uh, they came for my dad two days after. He put a tracker on his foot. And then after that, they gave us two weeks to sell our house. Two weeks to sell our house, then deport us to Haiti. And then we really had no choice but to come up to North. I remember my mom going to the fucking um, to immigration and mm-hmm. pretending like she had something wrong with her head. She had five surgeries in the brain. Thank God she's okay. But she pretended like something was wrong with her so they can let go of my dad. They didn't, right. want, they didn't want anyone dying in there. So they let go of my dad. And then after that, and then after that, um, my dad's an electrician, so he he found a way to black the tr- block the tracker on his foot. <laughs> what? I know, I know. I was like a pastor. I was like, yo, hi, how, how? Like, you know, if you need the plugs to block the tracker, I got you. you know, <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. And hopefully, the FBI ain't watching, but <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, so, um, I remember a van came and we all, we all hopped in the van. I got dropped at the border, um, with all my family. Um, my brother had to get left behind because he was in prison for, for, for like three months and it was crazy, you know? Um, and yeah, I basically ran across the border. I lived in Montreal for four years and that was nice. That's where I learned French a little bit too. So I got that little French swag. Mm-hmm. And, and then you already have the Creole base. So it makes it easy. Easy, right? super easy. And then after that, when I was like around like, you know, 18 years old, I came to Toronto and I've been here ever since, you know? Okay. And while you started living here in Toronto, you started picking up odd jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you were a server or a waiter or something? Yeah. Point? I was, I was, uh, started off serving, um, uh, started bartending. It's funny because I actually bartended for Drake for three years. Mm. Yeah. Which is, um, where I got like all my connects, where I met a lot of good people. And, you know, um, 
It's just it's just funny because you know when you're bartending for one of the biggest people in the city in Canada, pretty much, you know the amount of stuff you see him do and you learn from him. Yeah, it's basically and the energy that you get from him is something that that kind of like you know you you get to learn and manifest them within your own self. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to be around certain people to understand how they move. Yeah, so it was great. You know, he's a great person, very humble, very cool. I remember the one day um, he came through and this was like pick six um, near Wellington. I was bartending there. Mm-hmm. There was like three staff members there. And then I was like, everything was shut down. Nobody was in there anymore. He came through. His big ass security guard came through. He came through with a fine ass shawty. I can't, I don't remember her name. But was crazy. <laughs> he probably doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one of the women that he um, he got the engagement ring for. <laughs> Salute to the boy. Salute to the boy. Yeah. And then after that, he's a real one you know I whipped him up a quick drink mm-hmm. and I told him yo I make music and he literally like he's like yo I'll give you my email right now and he literally I put on my phone he gave me his email he said he gonna sign you yo he, he yo he had uh, Chubbs um, he had Chubbs on uh, on FaceTime and then he had me on his arm and he was like yo I'm gonna sign this kid I'm gonna sign this kid mm-hmm. but, you know, I don't know if he was like I don't know if the drink was kicking or I don't know if he was just like vibing and you know, yeah. you know he has a lot, a lot of people that ask him to sign him so so I just wanted him to listen to my music and mm-hmm. give me some feedback you know getting feedback is always gonna be the best you know especially growing as an artist and honestly I really, really feel like back then I was not ready. Okay. That's good self-awareness. Yeah, that's great self-awareness. Because the thing is that, like, you know, uh, where I'm at now and the growth that I have, the way that music sounds now, Mm -hmm. the... uh, the the lane that I've gone through and the, the the stuff that I've gone through to get here, I honestly think I wasn't ready back then. So now, I now it's not it's without a doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but I met some great people around him. Um, Chubbs is a great individual. I've been around his family. You know, R.P. Mark, great individual. I was talking to uh, an incredible director, Ron Diaz, about that. Mm-hmm. She definitely check out the the short film, um, feature film, Bite of Mango by Ron Diaz crazy amazing amazing film you know showing like the in-depth part about Scarborough so definitely check that out Bad of a Mango but anyways yeah we're talking about Mark and you know how great of a person he was he worked there as well Mm -hmm. at um, Pick 6 and he was uh, Chubb's cousin Um, and you know and the impact that had on the family, on the OVO team was, was, ama- was crazy. You know, p- him passing, passing away at such yeah. an age. RIP. And yeah, RIP. And he was a very great individual. I remember talking to him the day before and like certain things like that. You know, it really reminds you that, you know, life is very short, very short, very mm-hmm. short. Like even like two weeks ago, like I hit up my dad and I asked my dad, I'm like, yo, I hit him up, just hit him up randomly. And he's like, yo, I'm in Haiti. I'm like, what are you doing in Haiti? He's like, yo, I came here for my sister, like my aunt's funeral. Mm. Like, you know, I was like, oh, snap, she passed away. And she was like, yeah, she passed away. And she passed away a day after she was supposed to have her son's funeral, which passed away as well two weeks ago. Wow. So literally, I lost two family members this year. And um, this this month itself, or yeah. a month in the span, and it just really, like, it really hits you differently, you know, when you have someone that's, like, that close to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he has such an amazing family. Like, the people that was, like, I went to back to Chubb's crib, the people that were there, the the way that they were, like, you know, the way that they, they were so humble, so pure, like, 
the 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 lavish life whatever the the uh, the way that people see people with money isn't yeah. the way that they really are like yeah. these people are just regular people mm-hmm. you know just trying to go through life they still have daily problems they still have to get groceries yeah. they still have to go and take a shower they still have to do everything that we do you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like, like you know they gotta you know take care of their kids you know they gotta deal with stress deal with taxes deal with all that stuff so you know what i mean so you know the life that you live right now might even be better so don't ever think that you know having a lot of money is gonna make it better it's not, yeah. it's not no that's real talk and and even from being around those those that crew right the ovio squad yeah uh, and even drake himself yeah what's one thing that you have taken that from that that you've learned that you that you still hold to today hold to today um his confidence uh i think i think the way that I think that the way that Drake shows his confidence is as silent as like, as silent as like, I don't even know how to describe this, bro. As silent as the night. Well, fuck, mm. God, that's the worst one, but whatever. Basically, like, he can be in the room and you can feel such a positive energy. But every time he moves, you know, the confidence is there's never a short of a, a, a short of amount of it. You know mm. what I mean? And that itself really taught me that no matter how great I get, no matter how big I get, you know, I should always have that open air to absor- uh, to hear people out yeah. and actually take them to the, uh, at the level that everyone should be taken, mm-hmm. but also have the confidence to know that I am who I am and no one else can be better than me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's real talk right there. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, as you you progress now and you're making music and yeah. stuff like that, um, what's one of the first times that you started like getting some attention from your music? First time I got some attention from my music. Ooh, um, uh, I remember I dropped my my first track, Life, which was the first track I ever dropped on like on streaming platforms, and that was actually the day that Kawhi did the shot. So I was shooting that video, and Kawhi did the shot. Um, I was shooting the video the day he did the shot mm-hmm. and then I remember I was looking back at it and everybody was going crazy but anyways you know it's make I was on my grind and I remember dropping that video life after I dropped get busy mm-hmm. um, and just seeing the reaction of everybody I remember um, a few radio stations hit me up asking me to send them the track the mm-hmm. record and I sent it to them and still at that point I still felt like you know I wasn't ready because that's like dropping your first track doesn't mean anything Yeah, you know what I mean I honestly would suggest to any artist have at least like six songs ready mm-hmm. you know not even have at least like ten songs ready before you drop anything you know, because you want to know exactly what your sound is. You want to know exactly like which one you want to drop first. What's yeah. the plan? What's the game plan? You know what I mean? The worst thing you can do to yourself is dropping one of your weakest tracks first because first impressions is the most important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not saying that I dropped one of my weakest tracks first. I did it. I actually dropped one of my one of my best tracks first. Luckily, yeah, yeah. luckily, 
you know i mean i probably had like six seven already but i feel like i should have had 20 with mm-hmm. the way which with where i want to be you, yeah, you want to also be prepared for when they ask for more more 100 you know yeah. so that's always a big thing yeah man and you know through time as you're making music now you've been able to collaborate with a few people yeah right tell me some of the people that you've collaborated with over time um well shout out to space dread he's the only person on my album cast cray mm-hmm. um on the song justify uh i've collabed with uh eb the mc mm-hmm. great amazing lyricist if you haven't checked them out eb the mc um he's yeah yeah he actually just did um what the hell is that? <laughs> he actually just made a, a music video called magic with um six at six okay salute six at six yeah, he, yeah. Uh, six at six is in the video super super funny super sick video mm-hmm. um and who else have i collabed with um uh my tunes um who else is uh, I've been working with lately? I've been working with Ten Digits, working with Shadow. Uh, I've worked with SI. Uh, work with Doesn't Matter. It's okay. Okay. Um, who else I've been working with recently? Excel, uh, the producer, but mm-hmm. I'm one of the best producers in the city. Uh, Matt, who just got his um, track sound uh, signed to um, uh, Golden State Warriors nice. record label. Yeah, with Fireman, the one that produced. Um, uh, some tracks under Dunda. So these are all my producers, and it's just crazy how everyone's so connected. Um, Charmy, obviously, I'm working with my sister. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Twy, you know, Twy is a great individual. So we got some tracks coming out. And, you know, that's really it. Like, um, oh, yeah, Sunday. I got a track with Sunday. Okay. If you haven't checked him out, he's like, he's basically like the art, the gener- our generation of the weekend. But I would never say that because he's his own person. Yeah. Amazing singer. And just an amazing crowd, you know. Shout, shout out the Barlet House. If you haven't heard about the Barlet House, they're basically a group of individuals that are it's like basically the ASAP Bob. Basically, the odd future of Toronto is the Barlet House. Okay. It's basically, the Barlet House. Nice, nice. That, that is them. And even across the border, because you make a lot of moves and yeah. stuff like that. Who have you been able to make some some networking with across um, the border and stuff like that? Basically, yeah. Um, I've worked with some of the people in YSL. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who else? Including your family too, because your family, you're, you're, all of y'all getting around. Man. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, you know. You gotta, you gotta chase the dream, you know. The dreaming comes to you. So, uh, I'm out here, you know. Um, been to Atlanta a few times. Might be mm-hmm. going like soon, sooner than later, you know. Might be going tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, big ups to OG Slime. You know, he's a huge supporter of me. Mm-hmm. Um, big ups to, um, you know, Hustle Gang, you know, supporting the fam, the team. Um, big ups to... Um, we were big, talking about somebody who has the same name as me, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, shout out Friday. Yeah. You know, shout out Friday. Um, yeah, so Friday, basically, uh, his whole crew... I've um all all these guys went to church with me. Like mm. these are guys that are like pastors' kids as well. Like we all went to church together. We all played instruments together. You know, Friday's been a hard worker. Yeah, you know? and and he's he's on the the God did God hope. did song. Yeah. yeah, he's on the God did song, and it's crazy because you know his story himself of like where he came from, how hard he worked, and you know it's just beautiful to know that someone put himself out there to actually get to that level. Mm-hmm. And I can't lie, you know. Um, Friday did inspire me a lot. He did inspire me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see somebody like that, when you see somebody like that in your, in your past environment that you know in the circle that you grew up with, mm-hmm. 
that literally has the same family mentality, has the same upbringing, has like similar things like that, and you know them to that extent, you know, you really start like thinking to yourself, like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and literally, I think that was one of the reasons too I did the Rolling Loud thing. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Friday just dropped God Did with DJ Khaled, Lil Wayne, like Rick Ross, like Jay-Z. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, and I've been making music too. Like, where's my, where's my, and I'm not, I'm never comparing myself to anyone, but I'm saying, where's my next step? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know him. He he was taking those next steps. I remember, like, I see some of the stories he posts about how he used to pretend that he was part of the band of mm. certain singers to get backstage to get a photo and meet them to give them beats. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah There's some crazy yeah. stuff. Like, like you sometimes know, sometimes you gotta finesse. Sometimes yeah. you gotta finesse. Like that's risk. Yeah, you know what I mean. So big ups to Friday. Yeah. You know he deserves all the flowers right now. Shout out to Music Spirit. You know, shout out to William Stan. You know what I mean, William. Big sick artist. You know, check him out from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, so it's just amazing seeing the team winning seeing the family winning seeing everybody winning and i'm just proud to know that you know i'm coming up just like i told drake lebron and chris bosh i'm the seventh god the seventh god the seventh god i'm coming <laughs> you, <laughs> you in the know, back like i'm the seventh god i'm the seventh god <laughs> it was just funny you know that was my my younger younger days you know where i knew i had the confidence and I just wanted to be acknowledged. Now I don't feel like I need to be acknowledged because yeah. I put in the work for that to be heard. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, respectfully, definitely. you know, it, I wasn't in the right place to say that yet. But now I feel like I'm, I am who I say I am. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? So Kem Delo Gold, Kem Delo motherfucker. motherfucker. Who the fuck you rocking with? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Listen, um, you have such an interesting story, mm-hmm. and I feel that you've, you've you've probably picked up a lot of game over the years. Yeah, right. Um, what's one piece of thing? What like? What's one thing that you, a young Kem Dello, would tell himself now? And tell himself now. Um, I think I, I fucked up the way I worded that question. It's okay, I get it. I get <laughs> but it. you know what I mean, though. What would a young Kem Dello tell himself now? He would tell him, uh, keep writing. Mm-hmm. Don't stop writing every day. Should be writing every day. Um, I guess what would you tell a young Camdello? <laughs> what would I tell a young Camdello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. tell a young Camdello that that nothing will come easy, mm. and everything that you're gonna get, and everything that you're gonna want to get, you gotta be you gotta be in a lane that no one else is you got to be in a lane that's your own so much that no one else can be compared to you Mm -hmm. no one else is in that lane and you are not comparing yourself to anyone else Mm. you know so you got to be surrounded by that type of mindset to make sure that you are your own competition and like like, it's as big as that like when people say you're your own competition that is of that is um what they call the domain mm. and you know i'm a big anime fan you know there's this thing called domain expansion the thing called domain expansion is when you create a an environment you create a, a radius of space where you have full control right so creating that full control over what you're doing will always follow you so when you walk into the room and you have other big artists you already have that domain 
of your energy. Mm. They will understand and feel you right off, right off the bat. Creating like really harnessing that and making sure that whenever you walk into anywhere, that domain is, is felt in, in the way that you want it to be felt in a positive way. You know, nothing, nothing's going to come to you if it's negative. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. going to come to you if it's negative. A lot of people don't get that. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't come in a room with negative energy thinking you get something positive. Mm. Like, it's not going to work like that, man. And I had to make sure to write down, make sure you're your own competition. That's some 1, bars right there. And that's that. I want to make sure to name this episode that right there too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My own competition. Um, even with like what you've been able to achieve now. Yeah. What do you think? What do you see as the, and like, let me, let me just make this straight. Yeah. There's never a full picture, right? You, there's always more to do. Once you reach the goal that you want, you're going to have other goals that you're going to want to get to. Yeah. But at least for like what you see as the, the full, I made it vision. What does that look like for you? Now. Where you're at right now? 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, and that took me a while to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause you know, when you're chasing something, you never, you never realize now is as important as the future. Mm. And like, to be honest with you, you know, like I've always been a huge fan of We Love Hip Hop. Huge <laughs> fan. You. you know what I mean? Um, you guys have inspired me, you know, the way that you guys have taken, uh, care of the artists in the city and, you know, just giving them a voice. I was like, okay, damn, you know, one day I'm going to be on there and that's going to be a milestone for me. And look at me today. I'm here now. You know what I mean? Like, for me, it's like, for me, it's like the journey is is literally the best part because because mm. I hear a lot of artists, I hear a lot of big people. They tell me like, once they get there, they don't know what else to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. And once they get there, once they get the paperwork, once they get the check, they have a lot of people asking them for money. The switch up is real. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and you know, thank God. Thank God I had to learn the lessons I learned so that when the switch up does happen, it doesn't even feel like a switch up. Yeah. It just feels like, hey, I've been doing this. You know? No, that's real talk right there, fam. So, yeah. No, man, I really, I really, really, really enjoyed like learning more about your 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 whole story. I feel that you have like a very insightful story that when people go back and listen to your music it'll make even more sense yeah you know what i'm saying like you you've come from a lot and you and you've been able to like stay shiny through it all man yeah you got to man you know if you if you leave yourself in the dirt you know you just gotta get piled upon you know what i mean so all i gotta say is that you gotta keep shining keep going mm-hmm. you know stay limitless you know the album's called limitless for a reason yeah you know, well, what's that reason what's that reason well basically like that reason itself when i told you know LeBron, Chris Bosh, and and Drake, I'm the seventh god, is because I'm limitless. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? The the power that I have, the energy that I have, the energy that I put inside myself, the energy that I feel that I have is gonna get there. It's gonna be it's not even gonna get there. It is already there. Yeah. You know? And if I had put limits on myself in terms of, oh, I can't make music because I don't have enough time throughout my day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I'm too this. Oh, I'm too that. Oh, I have a girl, which I don't. Well, I have a girl and and she's like taking too much of my time. You know, all of these things are limits. You know what yeah, I mean? There's, yeah. there's people that, that just got a kid, like that just found out they have a kid 
and they're basically working three times as hard they've never worked in their life. Yeah. And they're like, how am I doing this? Because they thought they were limited to doing it. And now they're limitless and they're mm. like, oh, I'm going to do it. A lot of people say a kid changed my life. Music changed my life. Music is my kid. Mm. As much time and as much effort you're putting into developing a child, I'm developing my music. Yeah. You know, so I've already been in that. I have a kid, so I have to change my ways, mindset. That's real talk right there, fam. You know? Yeah, man. <sighs> Listen, bro, I... I, I like I said, I really enjoyed this conversation we had here. Give the people your social medias yeah, and that. anywhere where you want people to find you. Yeah, you can find me at Kim Dello Gold or uh, at Kim Dello, K-E-M-D-I-L-O, K-E-M-D-I-L-O. Um, check out my new album. I mean, my old album, Limitless. Mm-hmm. New album's on its way. On this way. Uh, what else? Uh, shout out everybody. Shout out to fam. Shout out 10 Digits. Shout out We Love Hip Hop for having me on. Yes, sir. Um, shout out everybody I talked about. You know, you're all amazing people. Shout out Jersey Drake, you know, for putting on for the city. Shout out Ron Diaz for having an amazing movie called Bite of the Mango. Shout out the family. Shout out Space Dread for killing the visuals always. Shout out the Bartlett House. Shout out Open Concepts. Shout out, you know, shout out my mom. Shout out my dad. Shout out Charmy. You know, legendary singer. Shout out Debbie as well. You know, Debbie was a big fan. R.I.P. Debbie. R.I.P. Debbie. Yeah. You know, she was a big fan, and I and I and I, I wish that she had gotten the help before. You know. Yeah. And um, it's really sad because you know when I met her, she was very nice. You know. Yeah, and, man. You know, all that rah rah crazy stuff that you guys saw, she wasn't really like that. You know, she was she was actually a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just sad because I wish that I got to see her grow. And become better. Yeah, man. Likewise, man. So, you know, it is what it is. We got life right now. So keep on breathing. Keep on living. You know, it can be taken at any time. So without further ado, we love hip hop, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to end it like that, man. Big salute to Kem Dello in the motherfucking building. Kem Dello Gold. Yes, you know sir. What I'm saying? And big salute to our sponsors, Astro Pink. If you know, you know. Check them out on their, on their website, myastropink.com. Or you could check them out on Instagram, Astro underscore pink. And salute to Sovereign Selection. 70 Dundas Street East, right upstairs next to the Burrito Boys. Tell them that the We Love Hip Hop Boys sent you. You know what I'm saying? Discounts all day long. I'm going to take us out with this track here because we limit this in this motherfucker. Yes, you know what I'm sir. Saying? Let's see what's going on here. My dogs in deep, shout out to the ones that's winning. She a little dot in the weekend, but we think she get it. No cap in the game, please, you move. They feel it. They say sky's the limit, but really ain't got no limits. Limitless. 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 Thought I reached my prime, but nah, I ain't finished. Limitless. Limitless. They got too many limits. Who give a fuck about feelings when I'm making all these millions? If you ain't been there, done that, I don't need your opinion. We love hip hop.